Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. said in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, which I haven't preached yet on, he said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So let me ask again, where is your treasure? Is it stuff? Is it the things that we have? Is it that paycheck? Is it your car or your house? Is it Electronics? Is it your iPhone? Is it what is your treasure? What is the thing that you will not part with? What is your treasure? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus gives us two parables here in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to be looking at three parables, but the first two. Both have the same meaning. And he talks about someone going and digging up a treasure in a field. He finds this treasure and he hides it again. And he goes and he sells everything that he has and he buys the field so that he can have that treasure. And then he tells about a man who is a merchant and he he seeks after Pearls, fine pearls. And he finds this one great pearl that is 
of inestimable value. And he goes away and he sells everything he has so that he can have that treasure. These parables both have the same meaning about how the kingdom of God is like this. It's like something that would be so valuable. You're willing to give up everything so you can have this. What is your treasure? Those two parables are then followed by another parable which Jesus talks about how the kingdom of heaven is like a net that's thrown into the sea. It pulls in a a great harvest of fish and then they go through and they separate out the fish. The good fish they're throwing into a, a basket to keep And the bad fish, they're throwing out. And Jesus says, this is what it's going to be like at the end of the era, at the the final judgment, whether the good and the bad will be separated. And there's a connection, I think, between these first two parables and the latter parable. There is a judgment coming one day, and we are all going to stand before God and face Him And we will be accountable for everything we did did, and everything that we ever said. And even everything we ever thought that nobody knew about but us. We will be accountable for all those things. And on that day that we stand before God, there will be a distinction made between the good fish and the bad fish. What's the difference? What's the difference between the good fish and the bad fish? I think that's what the first two parables get to. The good fish are those that value and treasure Jesus Christ above everything else. The good fish are those that would give everything, though they're sinners, though we are all fallen, corrupt, we don't deserve forgiveness. If we make Jesus our treasure, if we prize Jesus above all things else, that's what makes the difference between the good fish and the bad fish. Let's read the parable from Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous 
and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you have spoken to us clearly. Lord, give us ears to hear. Your word says, let him who has ears to hear, hear. Lord, we pray that you give us those ears and you give us those eyes that we can see glorious things from your word. That we would treasure your wisdom, that we would treasure your words, that we would treasure you above all things else. Lord, be with me, a sinner. I have treasured things that were not you. I have placed great value in things that were not you. Every time that I sin, every time that I fail you, it's because I have treasured something else more than you. I need your grace, Lord. I need your forgiveness. Help me to declare your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The parables that we're looking at today is is very similar to the ones we looked at last week. Last week we had two parables with the same meaning, followed by a parable about a separation between the good and the bad. Last week we looked at the parable of the mustard seed, about how this little bitty tiny thing grows and expands and and. That's like the kingdom. How, how it starts out small and it grows and expands and it has a great influence throughout the world. And then Jesus told the parable of the leaven and how this little bit of leaven grows and expands and it, it takes over the whole lump of flour to make a, a risen piece of dough. And then he told the story about the wheat and the tares and how... You have these two growing up side by side. You've got the wheat and you've got the the weeds growing up side by side. And at the end of the age, there will come a division. These parables that we're looking at today are similar. You've got two parables, again, with the same meaning. That meaning that we're getting out of these two parables is that the kingdom of heaven, that Jesus Christ is more valuable than Anything. And these two parables are followed again by a a parable that talks about a division that comes at the end of the age. They're short. I've almost said about everything that I need to say about it. There's a few things that I want to point out. What does the man do whenever he finds this treasure? He hides it again. He hides it again. It's almost like he's being dishonest, isn't he? He he finds this great treasure and he doesn't want anybody to know that it's there, so he hides it right back where it is. He goes and he sells everything that he has. He comes back and he buys this with the owner not knowing that the treasure is there. I don't want to push the details too far, but, but Jesus is saying, 
that the kingdom of heaven is like that kind of, of treasure. A man will go and he'll sell everything he has. He'll give up everything. What things are we holding on to that keep us from Jesus? Do we hold on to our stuff? Do we hold on to our, our family? Do we hold on to uh, a desire for peace and not have any conflict? I mean, are, it, it, what kinds of things keep us from Jesus? What is our treasure? Is our treasure just having a nice, comfortable American life? Is our treasure just going along, living just like everybody else that we know? Or is it something that costs us something? Will we give up it all? Will we give up our reputation? Will we give up that security, that peace, that comfort to have Jesus, which is the greatest treasure of all. The second parable, I mean, it's the same thing. He's teaching exactly the same thing. The kingdom of heaven is something so valuable and so precious. It's like this great pearl. The merchant was seeking pearls. He, he probably had seen many, many pearls. He, he'd probably seen chains of pearls and, all, and rings with pearls and all kinds of different pearls. And he's maybe seen one and he's seen them all, but he wants these great, valuable pearls. But whenever he comes to this one, there's something different about it. It's the greatest pearl he's ever seen. To me, I, mean, I look at a pearl and it's, one, I've seen one, I've seen another. But this guy, he knew pearls. That was his business. And this one was so valuable that all the pearls that he had didn't even come close to how valuable this one was. And he sold it all so that he could have this one pearl. That's how valuable that Jesus is. Will you give your all? Will you give it all up so that you can have Jesus? Then there's the parable of the net. It's very much like the wheat and the tares where you have at the very end of it, the angels will come and, and out... The angels will come out and separate the evil and the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. We have the same idea in the wheat and the tares. And in that place, he describes, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He describes this awful and horrible place, hell. He describes what it will be like. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be a fire that just burns continually. That's what Jesus describes hell like. There is no end. He describes it as an eternal place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth forever and ever and ever. And it burns. Jesus in another place calls it the place where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Amen. 
It is an awful place where you do not want to go. But something these first two parables tell me is that wanting to avoid hell is not enough. You hear about the dangers of hell. You hear about the, the, the pains and the agonies that someone will experience in hell. And you want that fire insurance. You want something that will get you out of that painful hell. But Jesus is no fire insurance. He is the great treasure. If all we want out of Jesus is fire insurance so that we can go on living however we want to live, we go on living just like all the world around us so that we can go to heaven when we die and we can have it all here and now, then we're missing out on the treasure. The good fish, the fish that are gathered up into the basket and saved, those good fish, those are the fish that prize Jesus above everything else. They're the ones that say, my Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. You can walk an aisle. You can pray a prayer. You can try to live a good life all so that you can avoid hell, but it won't work. Because Jesus is the draw. It's it's the, the lure that brings us in. We need to be drawn in by Jesus. Because when we're drawn in by Jesus and His value and His greatness and His supremacy, that's where we will be changed. We don't just take our Jesus and go on living however we want to. We take Jesus... As our greatest treasure. And we follow Him. And we love Him. And we obey Him. Not because of fear. I don't think this text is meant to make us afraid of that hell that we're trying to avoid. This text is telling us how beautiful and how great and how glorious Jesus is. If when you hear this text, all you get is fear, there's something wrong. Look at Jesus. Look at His greatness. Look at Him hanging on that cross and look to Him knowing He's doing that for you. He's doing it for you. Hanging there with the thorn crown on His brow 
with those nails in His hands and in His feet. He is so glorious and so valuable. A believer, a true believer, looks to Jesus and they are changed because He is so glorious and so good. It's not scared into walking an aisle. Scared into this or that. It's looking to Jesus and being changed by worship. How do people really change? That's a good question. How do people really change? You can try to clean yourself up. You can try to do self-help. You can try to go to AA and that's helped helped a lot of people and I'm not going to knock it too much, but you can go to all kinds of self-help kinds of groups and all you're going to get is white knuckles trying in your own effort, but not real change. Real change happens when we worship Real change doesn't happen when I give you a good bunch of good life tips. Do this and you can be happier. Do that and you can be happier. You can manage your family so much better if you follow these three principles. Real change happens when we worship. When we get a big picture of a big God, of a big Jesus, and we are blown over by how wonderful Jesus is. And when we worship Him, we are changed. What is your treasure? What do you value above anything else? The last thing I'll say is it's easy to be a hypocrite here. Because when we become a believer, we still struggle with sin. And every time we fall into sin, every time we struggle with this or that, we're valuing something greater than Jesus. Maybe it's a grudge against somebody. Maybe it's some desire that you don't want to have self-control over. All of those things were prizing something higher than Jesus. How do we change? How do we overcome the sinful temptations that even come in the life of a believer? It's by worship. It's by meeting together here in this place and we worship together and we hold each other accountable and we sing the songs of the cross and what He has done for us. And not only here in this place, but we read our Bibles at home. We may grab a a songbook or a hymnal or something at home and we'll just sit there and sing to our Lord. Real change comes.
when we worship. So what is your treasure? All of us, from time to time, because we're sinners, we treasure other things. Believe it or not. And our goal should be to make Jesus more and more our treasure each day. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.